chant, chant, chant. We all like to chant. We all like to chant. Chanting is our favorite. We love to chant together, and then we never stop. We chant, 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 and good rehearsal. And good rehearsal. Yes. Welcome everybody to that's a spirit podcast. We this is about time. ghosts. Don't touch my feet. Spirits. That Sorry. was to my cat, not to me. <laughs> to the cat. Uh, She's freshly I have painted no nails. Balls dry. <laughs> he came uh, so close. Like yeah, he really did. Don't under the water. <laughs> he really is a Jaws, if you will. Ooh. Uh, this is a podcast about ghosts and spirits and lives and loss and, and, and fear and and love and and Movies. emotion and and the great outdoors. <laughs> Cats, <laughs> baby. Movie pitches. Guys, Tons. boy, do we have some new new pitches for you today. Last night I was in a real, uh, I'm going to say danger zone mentally. Quite a state. Because I just couldn't for the life of me say anything correctly as a human would. But it did result in a, a really good brainstorm a of session. Good movies on the horizon now. We've got including. one called uh, two, two American Tutors in London. Uh, I'm Shy. I'm Shy. Oh my God, I yeah. forgot about I'm Shy. I'm Shy, the movie. Uh, that ship has passed. That ship has passed. The film, of the shadow of a tree. Midnight eleven. And midnight eleven. And midnight eleven. Everyone is because Robin and I were at a diner, and is a lot of diners just has a price right next to the menu mm-hmm. item. God, blue's just climbing up my back. He, uh, I looked at the menu and I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna get the midnight eleven. And listener, it was like an assortment of. Mozzarella sticks and wings mm-hmm. that was called the midnight and simply cost eleven dollars. Yeah, but I said out loud, I'm, I think I'm gonna get the midnight eleven. Yeah, there was a beat, and then we both <sighs> at the same time were like, "Oof, it's not what it is. Not what it is." Yeah, but, but thank God I didn't just like order it. Yeah, it's probably better for my health that I didn't just go for it. But I think the waitress would have been understanding if you were like, "I'll have the midnight 11. I think she would have been like, "The what? Okay." Oh, I understand what that is. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get my cat to stop um, destroying everything in my house. Okay, all right, we're all right. Back. We dispensed of my cat. <laughs> he's uh, he's too high on catnip he's right so now high. to handle the, the the rest of of the apartment. He's not camera ready. He's just not going to be anywhere but my room for right now. Um, and we've all been there. We've all had. Oh, it. sure. He just ate dinner and then he got super high. One time in on college, catnips. I showed up at a party where I I knew one person. Uh, they offered me a, a, probably a joint, and I took one hit, and then immediately at the party put my head down on the kitchen counter and said, I need to go lay down in your room. And I didn't know the hosts or anybody there, <gasps> and so I just had to go lay down in a stranger's room. And that was a big lesson for me, everyone. Wow. That's that That's bad. Yeah, that was bad. That's bad. That also, bad. if you hear um, <laughs> different sounds screaming, that's the kids playing in the backyard. Oh, listener, it's the first they're beautiful not day of spring. My kids, my kids aren't here. Not today. Not today, they're not. Although the people, I think I said on the podcast that the people at the at the grocery store yes, downstairs do think, think I have kids because kids. Well, I was buying so many. I was buying gummies one time. Yeah, and they were like, "Wow, it's a lot of gummies!" And without even thinking, I just said, "My kids love them." And now you can never go back. That's a lie. I can't. I mean, take you back. can never go back to before the lie. No, I go there all you the have time, to go every day, because it's right. Downstairs. But I always like. I always have to be like, it's from. Yep, yep. kids are visiting. Bringing up, 
just like up some chocolate. They must for the think girls. I'm like a, a young mother of a, of two who doesn't have her kids full time. Lost custody. Yeah, and I just get visits with them, and I just buy candy for them. But the can But in reality, Aww. I'm a I'm a spinster with no kids who likes candy. Which which is sadder, honestly. Which also is sadder might be a plot to another movie who's t- who doesn't have a title yet. My kids love them. My kids love. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Um. Anything spooky happen to you this week? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I went to the grocery store at one o'clock in the morning with a knife in my. Oh no, I talked about that in the last oh, one. Oh my god. Uh. Let's see. Honestly, no. Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't have anything too scary this week. Well, one of my kids gave a speech about Bigfoot, so that was a big highlight yeah, for me. That counts for sure. Yeah, for, about Bigfoot, and then another person gave a speech about aliens. Yeah, that was a huge Your kids successful have been doing day. Really well, and listener, when we say her kids, we don't mean I don't have kids. The children. I don't have my own biological kids. I mean my students. Mm-hmm. My They're students. They're excelling above and beyond. They really are. I have this one student who, in the Q and A sessions after each speech, plays devil advocate. No matter devil's advocate, no matter what. Oh no! <laughs> no, no! It's exactly what I want okay. because I want them to like hold each other to task and like really have to make their arguments. Mm-hmm. And this kid, Gino, is just constantly like, I hear what you're saying about climate change, but the climate's been changing for centuries. And like even though he doesn't believe these, yeah, yeah. he's, he's just, just like, like in a debate club way. Yes. And then it was the day for his speech. Uh-oh, and the Gino. whole class revolted. It was like 45 minutes in a loving way. Okay. Because they love it. They were like I could. They physically did they this, were just like like warming up their hands, like oh boy, I can't wait to fight Gino. It's Gino's day, and uh, and his his uh, I guess his his part of his armor was to say almost as a tick that he couldn't hear himself say, but everybody else could. They'd be like, Gino, what about this statistic? Like, can you give us a? Can you give us some? Uh, like, where did you get that? Can you give us some more information on it? Yeah, he would do. So you're asking me. Gino, can you explain the statistic? And he would say his name and then repeat Shut the question. Up. And everyone was oh. dying and he didn't oh hear himself. Oh my God. Yeah. If you'd be like, but That's Gino, so what do you think about like you they wouldn't even say his Gino. name. They'd be like, What do you <laughs> yeah, what do you, you think about this other like this counterpoint? And he'd be like, So what you're saying is, Gino, how would you explain? And he would just frame it back <gasps> to himself with his first name in the beginning. Yeah, wow. Uh, he's he's a real star. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's great. Plus for he Gino. held his own under uh, like a twenty-five to one attack. Wow, good man. Yeah, he really did a great job. You come to me and say Gino. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying to me is Gino. What you're saying is Gino. You got a name on us. And he really I'll take it. and of course he does. He sounds like this. He talks like mm-hmm. this. He's he's the only person that like raises his hand on a routine basis with questions. Aww, good boy, Gina. And he good calls boy. me Professor, and I he's the best. Oh, I love him. He's my wonderful student, Gina. Um, did you you watch the new season of Sabrina? I have not. watched I did. It yet. I didn't even know that there were gonna be new episodes. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't. I had no idea. And they came out all of a sudden on Friday. This past Friday, and I just jammed them all. Mm-hmm. Just let them rip. And listener, Stephanie says that... Stephanie says, great song. That, so um, what you're saying to me is Stephanie, Stephanie says... 
Stephanie says a lot of a lot of things that she's covered in the pod. They hit up on Sabrina last time when it the inaugural season. Mm-hmm. They talked about. Um, a lot of stuff that we covered. Some, yeah, some of the greatest hits. Some of the greatest hits. It, it had Gryla. Mm-hmm. It a lot had of the good Christmas boys. ton of them. Tons of stuff that we had already covered. And then this time, this isn't really giving it away, but you may have noticed we talk about Lupercalia on the pod. We talk about poisons and a certain kind of root mm-hmm. on one of the episodes, mm-hmm. and both come up. So... I don't know if, like, one of our listeners is just a Sabrina writer. Listener, if you write for Sabrina, we would love to hear from you. You need to you need to let me know right away. We would love to... Also, writers, if you need a new writer for Sabrina, I volunteer my talents <laughs> as the future author of The Milkening. Oof. I honestly think I could help. I swear to God, if I tune in to season three of Sabrina and there's, and there's a, milk a milking plot? episode, I'm, I'm suing them. Lose my mind. I'm going to sue them. We could sue them. I think we have it on record. The yes. P- yeah. Okay. We definitely do. So just take that and just like yeah. simmer on it. If I Sabrina see, writer who's if listening, if I see any milk on Sabrina three, even a swear thimble's to God, worth, yeah, even if thimble's worth of milk, mm-hmm. if anybody, oh you boy, lawyer up. You you better believe somebody's getting subpoenaed, and I don't even know what that means, really, but I'm serving you. I have been served before, and I'll tell you what. It means that somebody comes up to you, asks if you are the right person, and then tricks you. Yeah. Because then they're like, guess what? You're served with papers. That's what so I thought it was. So it's a way to, like, legally... <laughs> no, this is not correct, I'm sure, but I always thought of it as a way to legally trick somebody into admitting that they're the person that... The the person suing them is looking for being served. Well, part of it is that you need to identify truthfully if that person... You can't give papers to somebody unless they confirm that they are who they are. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I... But, like... But people, if they know that you're a process server and you come up to them and ask, they'll say no. Because then if they say no, you can't serve them the papers. I also, just as a good tip, a preemptive tip to the end of the episode... If anybody ever comes up to you and says, like, oh, Robin Brown? Say who wants to know. Yeah, say who wants to know. Or say it back to them. Are you Robin Brown? No matter who you are, say say, are you Robin (laughs) Brown back to them. Yeah, It's a good good. trick, and it'll throw them off for at least a few seconds so you can scurry away. Who wants to know is good, or even just no. Or even just shake your head. They can interpret that how they want. Yeah. And then walk backwards away from them so you can keep them in your sight. And it's not illegal to lie to people. So if they find out later... Is it? I guess only under oath. If somebody... Yeah. It's, it's, if somebody... If a random fucking person comes up to you and says, you're on brown, you're like, no. No one's going to be like, you're under arrest for not telling the truth. <laughs> like, no one's going to do anything you're to you. citizen's arrest yeah. for not <laughs> This is a dishonest woman. <laughs> she said a thing that isn't right. She fibbed. <laughs> yeah, she's fibbed. She's fibbing. Oh, that's like a uh, belief that we all had as like four and five-year-olds. So that like if, if you lie, it's illegal sure. to lie. Yeah, uh, same with it's illegal to swear. That's something I thought definitely until like Rachel started swearing and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I even ever thought it was illegal. I just thought it was like a sin. So it's like yeah. a, a even worse punishment. Illegal in the eyes of God. 
Yeah, it's illegal in the good book. The, good. the only book that really matters. No, no, I can't even say that right now. Um, oh, boy. I was going to say we walked past three free uh, pumpkin jack-o'-lantern Halloween candy holders. What are mm-hmm. those called? Just like pumpkin buckets, I pumpkin, think. No. Pumpkin. Uh, buckets. Bowls. <laughs> There's a word that's not coming to me. They're like a candy bowl. What? Um, it's like bucket, but it's ooh, pail. Boy. Well, no. Anyway, it's a pumpkin pail. It is. It's is basically it not? that. Yeah, no. It's it's basically that. I don't know. Anyway, you know what we mean. You know, it's what like I mean. one of those plastic guys you put candy in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know trick what? Or treat. I gotta a say, I never, guy. ever, ever trick or treated with one of those. I don't think I ever use one of those. I think I usually would use like a bat, like a straight up basket, or like a like a plastic. Like, thank you I for shopping bag. I used a canvas bag. bag. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. I used a canvas bag, and then uh, those plastic boys were always just decorative. Mm. Yeah, those, I think, are usually also for people to give out candy in. Yes. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I have a cauldron right there. You sure do. A cauldron, boy. I wish that we could still trick or treat, and I know that it's like, well, we can just buy candy, but I like It'd be the fun if they could element. do, like, a November, like... Maybe even the day before Halloween. Like adult swim yeah. trick-or-treating. Yeah, like there's the adult trick-or-treating, and it's <laughs> like you, you go and you get like, yeah, shot. Mm-hmm. Or I would, die if, kind of like I would die if I did that. Or like, that. yeah, you go and you get just an, a thing an adult would like mm-hmm. instead of a child, yep. which is still candy Yeah, if you think about it. Well, yeah, almost anything that you like could be your own personal kind of candy. Yeah. Um, I listened to uh, an episode of a podcast this week called Nordic True Crime. Yeah, about you did the, share this with me. Yeah. About the Estonia. And guys, I can't get over it. There's a book about it on Amazon that I'm, I'm thinking about ordering. I don't know if it's good for me to lean into it or it's, not. I was going to say, it's really, it's <clears throat> tough to live in that mind space for that long. Yeah. But if it does bring you some kind of like, if it frames your life in a perspective that makes it better in a way. It's just like a very dark escapism. I get what, see, I do get that. I do get that. (laughs) Titanic without the romance. It's fun because when you look up. Just the death. You're like, oh, I'm fine though. Well, I was reading the initial article on the train on the way into work and I was I feel like I was I must have looked like I just heard personal bad news to people around me because I was sitting on the train being like oh, what <laughs> anyway uh I recently you're not did on, that. On, on board with the shipwreck train get on board no yeah if you're not on board the shipwreck train it's two <laughs> modes of transportation <laughs> Ooh-wee. oh I have some ghost news for you great you're going to like this one, I think. Yes. Well, Stephanie, Olivia Newton-John claims she's haunted by two dead celebrities who boost her career. Do you know what? What? I believe her. Do you want to guess But you know what are? I think? Whoever they are, they got to do a better job of boosting. That's what I have to say. Wow. That's okay. what I have to say. If you've got two ghosts... Do you want to guess who they are? Yes. Um... Okay, give me give me a clue in terms of, like, t- are they pre... Are they contemporaries of Olivia Newton-John? Yeah. They are? Did they die early? Yes. Are we... Is it like Marilyn? No. They're contemporaries of Olivia Newton-John. But they're just dead. Yeah. Now. Okay. I would guess they were friends of hers. 
Sharon Tate. <laughs> no. That's not even. Yeah, I think she's younger than it's that. It's a little younger. Oh, man, imagine if Sharon Tate haunted you. Two, I'll give you another hint. They're both singers. Mm. Mm. I don't think of her as a singer, but I guess she is, huh? Yeah, Olivia. I think, like, technically. I have no idea. All right. Well, it's Karen Carpenter and John <gasps> Denver. Oh! <laughs> what a wonderful haunting! John Denver, he died in a plane crash, right? I don't know, actually. I think he was... I think he, he was piloting his own plane and he died in a plane crash. Let's see. It probably says in this article. Um, and then Karen Carpenter, we well, all she, know. Yeah, bless her, bless her soul. Um, does this say how John Denver died? Uh, it doesn't say in this article. I don't know. But Olivia says... I often feel as if they hover around me when I perform. They are my spirit guides who I ask to support me before every show, and they keep me strong. I don't really know yep. if you can just pick two musicians two that are, like, dead friends. better mm-hmm. and be like, I'm like them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It does feel a little kind of bad. It feels a little Yeah, bad. like, morbidly, like... Boosting yourself up by being like... Being like, my two super famous musician friends are always with me. Yeah. Come see us all on or stage Or like, together. their spirit wants my success, and if you yeah, liked if them at all, succeed, then so. you'll support me. Yeah, it's like weird guilting. I don't like it. Um, another... I'm going to just read you some ghost headlines. Full body virtual reality lets you hang out with ghosts. It, uh... Would you like that? Ooh, I just don't think it's it's it, it can. Full body virtual reality. Let's just break that I'm down. I'm going to show you a, a still from it's called Chained, a Victorian nightmare VR experience. Would you okay, do that? Okay, so it lets you hang out with virtual representations of ghosts. Virtual ghosts in a spooky, snowy Victorian graveyard. Of course I would, but the way that the headline reads, it's like they're letting me oh, like hang out with, with actual ghosts. ghosts. Oh, look, there's another, there's like a Victorian parlor that you You know that I would live in this game if I could? Yeah, well, it's full, full time. So it has 360 degree visuals, actors. So nice. They will... Touch you. I'm gonna reach Haptics out to them. Also, like touch. Do you think that look, sense and temperature changes? So it's like you're follow there. Follow me here. Okay. Do you feel like the actors need to also be playing the game full time, like twenty four seven? Because I, I would that, think that I would they love. Are, ooh, I don't want that. That would be a good job. What no, I want. I think that they're not wearing the VR, just kind of hovering around you. Although maybe they have to have like the headset they're programmed on from their into point of view. it. Here's my thing. What if you had a company that did this? But then you just hired actors to like work in shifts and embody these ghosts. Yeah. And like it was it was never gonna be the same experience. So you just always wanna go back to this house. Yeah, yeah. It's different you every time. No, it's different every time. Yeah, it's not just like a play. Well, I didn't I didn't read this part before, and this I don't know if it makes it better or not, but the game puts uh, users in Victorian-era London in a retelling of the Dickens classic A Christmas Carol. Upon entering, users interact with live actors, like ghosts it. in the digitally created world of old London. The ghost like service guides for the delightfully ghoulish experience interacting in real time. I need to right away get in touch with these people. I, I think that we should do that. That would be fun. I want to be on the other side of it. I want to help pull the strings. Get a job as yes. one of the ghosts? I would love that. Yeah, why not? 
Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I think that's that's most of the ghost news I have. Well, there's woman supposed ghost sighting goes viral in Massachusetts market, but I think I read that last. That week. was yeah. That was when we hit last week. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. there's so many. F- Strangely enough, there's not that many opportunities to play a ghost. As an to actor. To play a ghost? Yeah, outside yes. of a Christmas Carol. Outside of Christmas know, Carol. What other ghost-themed shows are there? Well, look, some people might say haunted houses. No, ghosts don't feature heavily in haunted oh, houses. Yeah. It's like, also, as I have found through a lot of personal research, it's really hard to get an interview at a haunted house. And it would probably I've be easier. I've gotten many. Really? Yeah. I have a master's degree in acting. You should really do it, dude. It's, it doesn't pay literally anything. You do If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's like one of the main th- ways to exploit actresses. Mm, yeah. It's for exposure. Mm, you love what you're doing, don't you? I don't think don't it's you? exposure as much as I just feel like... No, I'm saying that's the line that we all get. No, no, no. I know. All get. I know. I I totally understand, and I don't think you should be working for free. But I wish that there were yeah, a way if to I like loved easily it, volunteer. If to somebody be a was ghost like, yeah, if house. it was worth it for me, well, this is like too too real of a thing to say on our podcast. But I'm just going to go yeah. for it. Okay. For me, for jobs, I just have to ask: Am I learning something? Is it fun or is it paying me? Mm-hmm. And it's got to be two out of those three things. So if it doesn't pay me a lot, but it's super fun mm-hmm. and it's like a good career move, yeah, I'll do it. Or if I just like, you what know. If it's the world's top haunted house and they say, Stephanie, we want you to play Mrs. Bing. The fuck is Mrs. Bing? <laughs> Did you just make that up right now? She's the, she's the headless. <laughs> I'm already not in the running. I've got one. I've got a head. Mrs. Bing is the name of another Dude, movie. Dude, you play the head. I'm you the are head. the head. Well, okay. And you float around and you go. My only, <laughs> my, well, one of my TV roles. Yeah. Oh, it's. it's was a horror role. Yeah. yeah, it was when I got. Nailed uh, uh, to the Frontal head. lobotomy, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I want to do, look, there's plays with ghosts. There's a lot of plays with ghosts. Okay. The Secret Garden. Oh, I know you've been very Secret Garden. I'm God, I'd do anything. I'm not a high soprano, though. I can't. There's other ghosts. There's other ghosts. At a I could be an ensemble ghost, really. Is there a play with an on, uh, with a ghost ensemble? Secret Garden. Mm, oh, all right. Also, maybe the Adams Family has some ghosts in there. Oh, boy. That's a musical I would now. Guess, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There's also, like, If you they know, don't have that MC Hammer song in there, ooh, they're missing a big opportunity. <laughs> They really are. Do what they want to do. Go where they want to go. Say what they want to say. God, it's, they want. you are truly an amazing rapper. If you think about it and listen to yourself, Thank you. you are. I just it's, love art. You've got incredible flow. Thank you. It's unlike literally anything else wow. I've heard in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I need to write more ghost plays. Yeah, I think The Milkening is going to have a lot of ghosts in it. Ooh, a lot of milky white ghosts. Yeah, they're going to be the, the color of milk. They're going to be... Like dripping milk. At some point, of course, they're crying. Blood's milk. gonna be milk. Everything will. Everything, everything is pretty milk. Much everything about them, including. If you their think skin about it, is everything milk. is milk in the end. If you really think, think about, about it. what life would be like if all the water on the earth was milk. Was milk. Hmm. Would you swim <sighs> in it, boy? Yeah, of course. Okay. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, like, do I know that that water wasn't always milk? No, it's always Then, yeah, of course I'd swim in it. Okay, great. It would make full sense to swim in it. Even scarier, though, because you can't see anything in milk. Oh, true. Ooh, and the Dead Sea is, like, heavy cream. That's why you float in it. That would be so fun. (laughs) That'd be so fun. But imagine, like, something, like, scuttles and touches your foot, and you're in milk, and you can't even see anything. A shark eats you? You you never knew. You don't even know maybe what a shark looks like because you can't see through milk. Yeah, you never knew. Unless the ocean is, like, skim. Probably the ocean is skim. I'd say the ocean's probably skim. Yeah, probably. If anything, it's salty milk. Do you have a ghost for me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just get too upset? Yeah. I, I felt like it was, when you said salty milk, it kind of... Salty skim milk. <laughs> Honestly, full of electrolytes. Ew. Yeah, it'd be good. Handed out at halfway points during marathons. Imagine if it was adult Halloween, you just gave out shots of skim salt and milk. There's somebody out there. Or it's like that. a little shot of skim milk with salt on the rim. Or, yeah, it's like a pickleback where, like, it's salt water and then a milk chaser. Do you know what is good, though, is a white Russian? Yeah, but that's not salty. It's sweet. But it's got milk. Well, yeah, it's mostly milk. Ew, when I studied abroad, I ordered a white Russian, like, everywhere I went. I cannot believe how much fucking milk I must have been drinking. Mm. Probably, like, three glasses of milk a night, dude. Wait, you would get more than one yes, white Russian in a single night? I would get multiple white Russians and, like, go out dancing. I would, like, have them on the dance floor. Can you imagine? The face I'm making. I've never been more disappointed than you. so disgusting. You can't just have more than one white Russian. I had just discovered them, and I was like... I also remember as, like, a maybe 20... I must have been freshly 21-year-old on campus at school ordering... Going to a bar on campus and ordering a grasshopper, which is like an old person drink that's yeah. also milk. It's also like, it's like very green. Like yeah. And I was like, can I have a grasshopper and like drinking it on the floor at like a bar? It's crazy. Oh. Crazy. I was just, I'm rewatching the West Wing right now, and there's an episode where CJ orders a grasshopper. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, they're all just like milkshakes. Mm. I'm just like a shabby little goblin that likes a milkshake. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll drink like a, a Irish coffee with a bunch of cream in it. Mm-hmm. Sure, that counts as a cream alcohol. I mean, a boozy milkshake is so good. What I'm saying is, I like alcohol no, I know, milk, but I know it's bad to, to have multiple and dance specifically like white Russians. That. More than two, I feel like you're really. I don't in for know something. what was going on. Yeah. with me. You know what? It's in the past. It's in the past. You made it through it. It's fine. And now. hopefully you won't go back there. Well, no, but there's I don't no, think I could. You know, there's no remilking. Promising. Remilkening? The remilkening. The milking again. The milkinginging. Milking again. The the dual milkening. The milkinginging. The two percent. Milkening. Two percent. Got my work cut out for me now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Okay, the milkening, the milkening 2%. And then milking we're gonna do something full? crazy, which is okay, the milkening 2% is gonna be far into the future. Milkening half and half? Exactly. Oh. And it's gonna be in the middle of those two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, is that eventually the milkening? <laughs> Bro. What? Raw. 
like that's gonna no, be like I think our, that the, uh, the raw milkening is actually good. That's gonna be like the fun, like that's really the origin story. One. Yeah, that's the origin story of the milkening. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. This franchise really is really, really um, turning out to be. Honestly, it, listeners, if you want to get in on the ground floor of this project, do it now because you have any I kind do. Of service we to do offer have five million dollars, at least. That's what I've been telling Chris Angel. So, yeah. if you can offer us any kind of like, if you know how to operate a boom mic, if you have a steady cam, if whatever, I don't care. Um, it doesn't matter. We'll just do, do. We'll just do our best. Love for you to bring it. We'll all to the table. Bring my thirteen-year-old DSLR. We'll make it work. Um, I'll steal some lav mics and put them all on your guys' mm-hmm. little shirts, and um, we'll just make it work. Yep. Yep. We'll do whatever we can. We're going to make it work. We're going to, oh. We're As gonna all the directors so say. so much milk. Action. Okay. Okay, and with that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> As all the directors say, action is <laughs> this, like, fake persona of me being a huge film person is, <laughs> that's. James Lipton over here. That needs to be a quote on my, like, the inside of my <laughs> novel. All the, okay. all the directors say, action. Action. All right, here we go. You know how you did this thing where kids, you covered kids that can, like, see what they were, like, their past lives, or, I'm sorry, past lives, or, like, um, they can see what it was like before they were born. Yeah, of course. We talked about that kind of recently. And how it's kind of like a, a some kind of maybe proof that there's another world, some other existence, plane of existence. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do the opposite. <gasps> I'm going to do deathbed visions. Yes. Yes. I love my voice. Yes. Otherwise, that would be a tiny scream when I'm doing yeah. <laughs> There we go, a little bit. Deathbed visions are the experiences of the dying, most of which are apparitions of the dead or mythical or religious figures, and visions of an afterlife place. And I like the phrase afterlife place. Yeah, I like that too. It's very um, secular. Yeah. Deathbed visions share common characteristics that cut across racial, cultural, religious, educational, age, and socioeconomic lines. Okay. So it's basically the great equalizer. Yeah. Death. And the visions that comes with death. The importance of deathbed visions is that they are evidence in support of survival after death. Mm. Although nearly all cultures assume an afterlife. Nearly all, not all though. Mm. Um, Western science holds the Aristotelian view that consciousness cannot exist separately from form. Got it, okay. The body and uh, that therefore death is total destruction of the personality. So I had never really considered that how much that's true. Mm-hmm. I've always just kind of been like, yeah, that's true. But thinking about it that way, like this sentence is, in, is amazing to me. Consciousness cannot exist separately from form. It, just like that wording makes me immediately be like, yeah, I can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what I you just mean. like fully disagree. Well, it's a very like hard line stance to, to have on it. Yes. Very, like, the opposite of spiritual. Yes. Deathbed visions are reported in the biographies and literature of all ages. Mm. So ancient times to the now. And I've been researched scientifically in modern times. Early psychical researchers, including Frederick W.H. Myers, mm, Edmund man. Gurney, Edmund. and Frank Podmore, and mm. James H. 
High Slip recorded cases of deathbed visions in the late 19th and early 20th century. The first systematic study of the phenomenon was done in the early 20th century by Sir William Barrett, which I think we've talked about before. I think so. A distinguished professor of um, physics and psychical researcher. Cool. Which is fun. Yeah. Because that's like the study you of basically how actual things that have formed move and then how things that are completely without Ooh, form. Imagine that move. lab. Love it. Oh. Love it. Just so many, like, like what are those things that I'm thinking of that have, like, a marble does a bunch of different things and goes down a bunch of shoots? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Pneumatic tubes? Yes, pneumatic tubes, but, like, for, for if ghosts are real. Yeah. Um, mom, mom, mom. Barrett's interest in deathbed visions was aroused in 1924 when his wife, a physician specializing is in um, obstetrical surgery, told him about a woman patient who spoke of seeing visions of a place of great beauty and her dead father and sister mm. shortly before she died. The visions were very real to the patient and had transfigured her into a state of great radiance and peace. Ugh. When shown her baby... She had pondered staying. She had pondered staying for its sake. Oh my god! And then she said, "Quote: I can't stay. If you could see what I do, you would know I can't stay." Wow! Holy shit! Yup. What struck Barrett was the fact that the woman had not known her sister had died about three <gasps> weeks earlier. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, yet she saw an apparition of the sister along with her dead father. Wow. That's wild. I know. And I have to say that I, like, have always, for some reason, imagined that, like, it it seems like just innate knowledge that I'm like, yeah, well, when you die, you, like, see a person you love who's died and, like, they, like, shepherd you. Weird. Yeah. I would hope... That would be nice. Well, I think that that's one of the things that we'll find out does happen a lot yeah. of the time. Several decades later, Barrett's research interested Carlos Osis, then director of, the, of research for Eileen J. Um, Garrett's Parapsychology Foundation. Yep, that's right. I can read. Under the... Um, Basically, auspices of the foundation in 1959 through 60, and later the American Society for Psychical Research, Mm -hmm. ASPR, shout out, shout. In 61 and 64, and 72 and 73, OSIS collected information from doctors and nurses on tens of thousands of deathbed and near death experiences in the U.S. and India. Damn. I should ask my mom about this. Ooh, you might not want to hear the answer. She, well, Sometimes, like, after a shift, I'll call and be like, hey, I was work. She'll be like, oh, it's okay. And I'll be like, what happened? She'll be like, I don't want to, like, it was a bad day. And then I'll yeah. be like, okay, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. But if it's a nice story like the one that we just heard, maybe yeah. she has some good ones. Um, My poor mother. <laughs> to deal with all this. Long suffering. Yes. The Indian survey, um, 72 to 73, was conducted with Erlendur Haraldson. Of those cases, more than 1,000 were examined in detail. God, the amount of energy wow, they had to put into really? this. really? 
The findings of these studies confirmed Barrett's findings, as well as the experiences of individuals who have worked with the terminally ill and dying, such as the late Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. The findings are also in agreement with many other findings of research in the near-death experience, NDE, by Raymond Moody, great name for a death so researcher, good. Oh and Kenneth God. Ring, also a good name. <laughs> Moody, Moody and Ring. Ring's like <laughs> death vision that's not business. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What a pair! That's I love them. I would watch. That oh, show. Ray and Ken. Death bed visions often occur to individuals who died gradually such as from terminal illness or serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Probably, or just, like, probably old age and then, like, one thing gets them. Mm, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, you get the flu and then you, like, can't recover. Yeah. Um, the majority of visions are of apparitions of the dead who often are glowing and dressed in white. Aww. And this is funny cause it, or interesting because even though how ghosts look across cultures is very different. Mm -hmm. This is kind of true all over. Yeah. Um, At least they're saying, let me find, let me find, let me find, or are beings of light perceived as mythical or religious figures or deities? For example, angels, Jesus, Mary, Krishna. I don't want to see Jesus. Yama, Hindu god of the dead, Ooh, who fun. we talked about yeah. what the city of ghosts last time, who he has to be like, uh, you're good, but can you just uh, balance on this rock for three <laughs> minutes? I'm counting on you. He wants what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> who am I to say? Or, you know, similar figures. Yeah. Uh, apparitions of the dead usually are close family members, such as parents, children, mm-hmm. siblings, or spouses. The apparition... Um, the apparent purpose of the apparitions, takeaway apparitions, as they are called, because they're Ooh, taking you my God, away. What? Yeah, okay. um, is to beckon or command the dying to accompany them. Yeah. I.e., they appear to assist in the transition because mm-hmm. um, you're changing form. The response of most of the dying is one of happiness and willingness to go, especially if the individual believes in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. Deathbed visions occur to those who do not believe as well. So people who their whole lives did not believe in an afterlife or have no frame of reference for it, this still happens to those people too, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting to me because they would have no No reason to like, their brain wouldn't just like click into like um, fulfilling this story. That they thought was real their whole lives. Be an idea they had planted in their heads. Yeah. Um, the dying, oh, hang on. If the patient has been in great pain or depression, a complete turnaround in mood often is observed. Pain vanishes. Wow. The dying one literally seems to light up with radiance. Oh my God. When takeaway apparitions appear, the patient usually is cognizant of the real physical surroundings and other living people present. So they're there, and they're seeing something completely else as well. Well, because, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but isn't it a common thing where somebody will be like, yeah, when like my dad was dying, he was talking to his sister. Yes, yeah. but it's like, Dad, I'm right here, and you're like, no, yeah. I see you. Yeah. But like, also this yeah. other thing. Like, well, she's here, so. Yes. Um, do, do, do. 
all who in all but rare cases, so the physical people mm-hmm. cannot see the apparitions. Sometimes Ooh. they can. Ooh. And I forget Ooh. if I actually have one of those. Approximately one-third of deathbed visions involve total visions in which the patient sees another world which appears Ugh. objective and real. But they still are like, I'm in a hospital room. Oh. And there's also fuck. that. The descriptions most frequently given are of endless gardens and great beauty. Ugh. Some are also some also see gates, bridges, rivers, boats, and other symbols of transition, as well as castles and architectural structures. Okay. Give me a cable. I know. Give me a cable. Give me a cable. I really like that. Regardless of image, the visions are resplendent with intense and vivid colors and bright light. The other world places may be populated with apparitions of the dead or spiritual beings. The vision either unfolds before the patient or the patient feels transported out of body to the location. Yes. So it's either in front of you or around you. Wow. Oh Again, God. the usual emotional response is one of happiness and anticipation of going to this beautiful place. Yeah. Few total visions, um, few total vision cases conform to religious expectations about the n- nature of afterlife. Mm-hmm. So, so, so people aren't usually like, it's a cloud. Yeah. So a lot of them just don't, they don't conform oh, at thank all. God. Osis, um, the researcher, also only found only on only one case. I'm so sorry. Found only one case of a vision described as hell. Ooh, sucks from Dremel, please, a Catholic woman Ooh, who baby. seemed to. I also said priest. <laughs> Drum roll, <laughs> priest. Dremel, a Catholic green. woman who seemed to be carrying a great burden of guilt about Ooh, her sins. Honey. That's what it'll do to you, mm. really. Um, That's tough. You gotta be. I know. Nice to yourself. A small number of those studies, I mean, out of a thousand, one out of a thousand, and of course it was the Catholic, a small number of those studied in the OSIS, um, Haroldson Research reported hearing non-earthly music. Oh. Yes. The incident of music appeared to have been higher in cases collected around the turn of the century by earlier psychical researchers, perhaps a reflection of the cultural differences in the role of music in everyday life. Yeah, interesting. Because it was so much readily available. Yeah. Yeah. Most deathbed visions are short in duration. Approximately 50% last five minutes or less. Wow. 17% last six to 15 minutes. And 17% last more than an hour. Holy shit. Which is kind of where I want to be at. I mean, it's like, you, guys, you I know it. you can't see this, but I'm going to describe it to you. I know, you I'm going to be like, as somebody, best I get, get, somebody get somebody who's really good at maybe a caricaturist. Yes. Who could do fast turnaround art. Yes. Describe what I'm seeing. Draw it. Yes. Or like a police sketch or artist. Or maybe like, give me a pen and a fucking paper and I'm going to go If I can move my hand, like, then I will do it. Yeah, just really. Eyes like fucking I'll be saucers. Like, the spirit wells me. Just do it. Uh huh. Yes, that would be the best. There's a lot of castles. There's like <laughs> seven to twelve castles. Um. So the visions usually appear just minutes before death. Approximately seventy-six percent of the patients sud- uh, studied died within ten minutes of their vision. Wow. And nearly all of the rest died within one or several hours. In a few cases, one or more visions are seen by a patient over the course of several days. What? Yes, as though they were announcing the appointments with the dead at a certain time. Ooh. The appearance of the vision seems to have little connection with the physical condition of the patient. 
some like it's like oh she's fading and seeing this like, it'll be like wait truly and some of them are just fine and they're like mm, I did see something well I think what it means is like you can't predict when the vision comes as an outside person. So, like, let's say you're okay. having a bad night. Yeah. That doesn't mean the vision's going to come. So it's not like... I'm picturing this being, like, somebody felt totally fine but kept seeing, like, a beautiful garden appear before them. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. That makes or me nervous. Or some people then you're gonna, who... You're just like, wait, what? Well, the, as you... Hopefully you won't. Because it says some people who appear to be recovering, they'll see this vision and then they'll die. Oh, God. But they're not upset is the thing. So I think maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, to us they appear to be recovering but obviously aren't Mm -hmm. is what that really means. Like, just because it's like, but you were doing better. It's like, well, no, you weren't. Yeah. Because you died. Jeez. So we're not measuring something that's Brutal. essential to, yeah. <laughs> to like understanding that. <sighs> Similarities are found between deathbed visions and mystical experiences. A mm-hmm. sense of the sacred, feelings of great peace, or a heightened sense of elation. But the ineffable nature of mystical uh, experiences, that they are beyond description, mm-hmm. is not true of deathbed visions. They can describe very detailed what's happening to them. Oh, my God. Yeah, which I think is, like, okay, check the box of, like, true, I believe this, because you can talk about it. Various explanations have been advanced uh, to attribute deathbed visions to natural causes. Drugs, fever, disease-induced hallucinations, oxygen deprivation. But with such a large, you know, cohort of people that they're researching, surely there's a a significant percentage that doesn't have any of those things going on, right? Yeah, there's got to be. Also, it's like, how would you say that decreased oxygen levels in the brain equals you imagine all your dead relatives? Yeah, and, like, can describe it in great detail. Yeah, and uh, while these things can cause hallucinations, they're they're not... why would they show up as the specific They're not found to concern the afterlife at all. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the afterlife, but they relate mostly to, like, the present, which is, like, I feel weak. I feel weird. Not, like, like, I see a castle. I'm seeing, like, aura, like, blackout. Not, like, oh, I see, like, a beautiful scene. Yeah. So the research found that deathbed visions are more likely to to occur in patients who are fully conscious. (laughs) Yes. Medical factors do not generate true deathbed visions. So if you are sedated, it probably will not happen to you. Damn. Nor is wish fulfillment a likely explanation, as the visions by and large do not conform to expectations of patients and appear even to those who want to recover and live. Oh, my God. So, like, you can't just say, like, you're doing this to yourself because it's, like, fully out without... Out of your control. That's the thing that scares me, though, because, like, if I'm sitting in a hospital and I'm, like... I see a thing. I see a flash of a garden. I'm going to be like, no. Even if it's very beautiful. According to this, though, the whole intention of it, it's like, it's also bespoke. It's crafted for you to make you feel like you want to go. It's a bespoke afterlife. (laughs) Bespoke. Can you imagine me selling like all our afterlives are bespoke? It's made custom made for your delight. You and no one else. (laughs) So, related to a deathbed vision, the dying is a deathbed vision seen by the living who are in attendance of the dying. Seen by the living who are oh so okay. Mm -hmm. As a person dies. Okay. Clouds of silvery energy are sometimes reported floating (gasps) over the body. 
In some cases, the energy is seen to clearly form into the astral body of the dying one, connected by a silvery cord, which severs at the moment of death. Okay? Okay? Let me, let me just say that again. In some cases, the energy is seen to clearly form into the astral body of the dying one. So cloud you. Connected by a silver cord, like an umbilical, umbilical. silver cord, which is cut at the moment of death. Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy that this happened more than like even one time. If I see that happening, boy, am I going to throw Tackle up. the silvery <laughs> Boy, cloud. am I going to vomit. <laughs> the living also have reported, I like being referred to as the living, like you and I are the living. <laughs> well, her cloud cell. Have also reported seeing the takeaway apparition, both of the dead and, uh, both of the dead and angelic beings as well. So, like, I saw my dead relative and also, like, this being, a being is here. Such visions seen by the living appear to be the literature of the early psychical researchers, so this is earlier than the modern ones, but not in the later researches by Osis and Haroldson, who report the living saw no astral bodies and only rarely saw the takeaway apparitions. So this happened, like, before. And I wonder why. Do you have any theories? One of my theories is that Death happened in a more natural place in the olden times. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was more possible. I don't know. What I'm going to say is insane sounding. Please say it. But I'm going to say hospitals are full of machines and maybe angels and beings don't want to go there. Maybe magnets. Maybe ley lines. You don't. You start. I'm going to say I could go off for four and a half hours on this, but I'm not going to. Don't you dare. Um, The most likely reason for this apparition decrease is that in earlier times, more people died at home. Like I just said. I didn't even read this yet, and I just like somehow knew. Familiar surroundings and constant attendance to the dying Mm -hmm. might have been more conducive to such visions that the impersonal surroundings of a hospital. Wow. How did I know? I did it, guys. This is also Ghost Inspirance by Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Oh, it's our girl. Yeah. Deathbed visions are significant to um, thanatologists. I don't know. The scientific study of death and dying. Cool. From um, physiological, physiological, and psychological and sociological perspectives. um, For they demonstrate that the transition of death is not to be feared, but is a wondrous experience, a rite of passage that should be undertaken with as much dignity and clear-mindedness as possible. This went a little long, but do you want to hear some examples? Um, do we have time? I mean, like, probably? Okay. I can save them for the end if you want to go. No, go for it. We can go out on some. You sure? Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm gonna just, I'm just, just gonna do a couple. A quick couple. All right. So, let's see. A dying uncle's deathbed vision. Oh, God. I found this subject of deathbed visions oddly reassuring as my favorite uncle died this morning at 7.30 a.m. CST. He had been ill over the last two years, and we knew the end was near. My aunt said he knew it was time to go and asked his son-in-law to cut his hair and trim his beard last night. Wow. Then asked to be bathed. My aunt said, sat with him all night. A few hours before he died, he said... Uncle Charlie, you're here. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. He talked to Uncle Charlie right up until the end, told my aunt that Uncle Charlie had come to help him over to the other side. 
His uncle Charlie was his favorite uncle and is the only significant other in my Aww. uncle's life who has passed on. So I believe Uncle Charlie did come to take Uncle Timmy to the other no. side. And it brings me great comfort. There is a deathbed um, account was told to Melvin Morse by a physician in, in Utah. Oh, this one's like sad. It's a, a child was in a coma dying from a malignant brain tumor. He had been in the coma for three weeks and was surrounded almost the entire time by his family. They encircled his bed and prayed constantly for his recovery, taking only brief breaks to eat and rest. At the end of the third week, the pastor of the family's church came into the hospital room and told them a remarkable story. He'd had a dream, he said, in which the boy told him, it's my time to die. You must tell my parents to quit praying. I'm supposed to go now. Wow. The pastor was nervous about delivering this message to the family. Still, it was too vivid to ignore, so we did it. Um, they accepted the message. Uh, they touched his body, told him he would be missed, but he had permission to die, and then he did. Wow. We That's not even that a vision. Child. It's just like, I guess maybe... Like, okay, I'm ready. Like, can you please tell them to leave me oh alone? My, gotta go. Bye. Yeah. Just a little baby. Yeah. Oh, sad. That made me sad. It's sad. It that one's too sad. There's maybe one more. Um, oh, oh my God! One person whose mother was very old and ill and dying. Um, one morning in the hospital room at two a.m., all was quiet. Um, and the woman was staring out the door of her room into the hall that led to the nurses' station, and she said, "What do you see?" And then the woman said, "Don't you see them? They walk the hall day and night. They are dead." Wow. She said this with quiet calmness. Mm-hmm. That would strike fear into my heart. Um, then, so later that night, she was being wrapped, or that the next night, wrapped in blankets, made comfortable. Um, she was very, very weak at this point. A few minutes before 8 p.m., she said, I have to go. They're here. They're waiting for me. Her face glowed, and the color returned to her pale face. She looked very alive, and as she attempted to raise herself and stand up, what? her last words were, I have to go. It is beautiful. Oh, my God. I know. Dang. Yeah. So those, those are just some real, actual accounts. Wow. When I, I die, have to go. It is beautiful is Picture wild. me saying that as an old woman, but it's six flags is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Or like you're just, you see a ham. <laughs> Just walking just a towards set it. Kitchen table. And yeah, I'm like, I have to go. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I do think that a Thanksgiving dinner might be what heralds you into the afterlife oh my eventually. God. No, because it's it's my joy and my pain. Yeah, I don't think I would like seeing right. food. Maybe because yeah. I think I would have a twinge of like, can I even eat this? I'm dying. You know. You I know? know, but I think that I think you lose that doubt. Because somebody who's, like, weak, they'd be like, I can't possibly walk over to this afterlife. But they don't even doubt that it's yeah. possible. I'm gonna, I'm just saying, I'm going to see Taz waiting for me at Six Flags <laughs> at King Daka. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's your afterlife. <laughs> I can't even in, knock it. because stuck in, like, New Jersey. When you asked me, I, I, you caught me by surprise at one time when you asked me if I had to do one thing as a ghost on repeat and I just said a water slide. <laughs> Which I don't even like in real life. So I don't... <laughs> no, I've I been to that Six Flags like one time, and I don't think I would go back unless mm. it's for Halloween time. That's true. Wow. In your afterlife, it's Halloween every day. 
It's beautiful Halloween. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then during the day, it's Lord of the Rings. Oh, At night, it's Halloween. Wow. 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 Beautiful. Oh, my God. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not even going to start out telling you exactly what this is going to be. Okay. I'm just going to start reading this. Sneak it up on me. Okay. So... Greg Newkirk and his wife Dana run a traveling curiosities expo called the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Okay. Which we should find and go see. Yeah. Uh, The museum has visited tons of conferences and events across the country, including many held in some iconic haunted hotspots in paranormal history. Greg says, uh, we don't sell anything. We don't charge anybody to see anything. We just plain enjoy doing it. Great. So... And then a lot of this is in Greg's own words. Quote, Back in June, we were approached by a woman about an item that had started to cause a particular strain on her family. We'll call her Sarah. Mm -hmm. Sarah told us that after visiting a yearly psychic expo, her mother had taken an interest in black mirror scrying, Mm purchasing her own mirror at the event. Even if you don't know it by name, and I know you do, if you've ever seen someone gaze into a crystal ball, you're familiar with scrying. Yeah. Uh, since at least the 10th century, scryers have used reflective stones, bowls of water, and dark glass in order to induce a trance-like state they use to see the future, speak with the dead, or perform magic rituals. I think that we've covered scrying We talked before. a little bit about yeah. it when you gave me my mirror. Yeah. Um, in fact, Joseph Smith even used scrying to help found the Latter-day Saints movement in the 1820s. That went perfectly. And Stephanie, <laughs> thanks to popularization by folks like who? Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Yes. Scrying is starting to see a bit of a modern resurgence. Wait, what else has she done that scrying is starting to see a resurgence? She's like one of the top ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, But this is the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits. Sure. Okay. She's really. She's a a best selling author of books on the paranormal and on mystical and visionary experiences. There you go. Seasoned paranormal investigator. Hell yeah. Numerous lectures and media appearances. We should go see her live. Her other books are. Oh yeah. Curly lives in Maryland. Um, Crabtown. She's got a book just called Werewolves. God. And other monsters. Oh my god. Yeah, she's great. Wow. Um, Well, I guess she kind of stirred up a resurgence in scrying. Great. Um, It's not exactly as, like, most people are familiar with. Instead of using crystal balls, black mirrors have become the preferred method of divination. Mm -hmm. Like the one that you have. Like the one I have. So this woman, Sarah, told us that in the weeks that followed the expo, her mother became increasingly distant as she practiced her scrying with the new mirror. When she could manage to get her mother on the phone, her conversations were vacant and full of gloom and doom. Eventually, Sarah's mother confided that no matter how hard she tried, her scrying attempts were less than successful. In fact, she believed that there was something wrong with her mirror. Sarah, it's not the mirror's fault. It's not. It doesn't work. Uh, As Sarah's mother became more and more withdrawn and obsessed with perfecting her divination, Sarah finally decided to step in, visiting her mother's home and demanding to see the mirror. Her mother, visibly distraught, opened a closet and pulled out a small frame draped in a black veil. Wow. When Sarah asked her mother why she'd been keeping the mirror covered and locked away, she broke down in tears and replied that it was simply evil. Sarah kept the mirror wrapped in its cloth, stuffed it in a box, and took it home with her. Shortly afterwards, Sarah donated the mirror to our expo. Oh, man. So, they've got the mirror at this expo now. So, Greg says that when they got to their next stop, they set everything up, including the mirror, and as always, invited people at the expo to look around, peruse, 
Uh, they had the mirror out. Mm-hmm. Almost irresponsible of them. Well, they have a big sign that says, like, browse at your own risk. Wow. I know. Big risk. One woman waved wow. her arms and bellowed a hearty, hell no. Others That's what I would have done. No. Hell no. Others pursed their lips and squinted their eyes while they weighed the pros and cons. But one woman wasted no time reaching down, grabbing the mirror, and ripping off the <gasps> veil. Okay, it was veiled. Okay, yeah. At least it was veiled. Okay. I I thought that makes a lot more sense. Ooh, still, big risk. Still. She only gazed into the glinting black glass for about 30 seconds before her expression changed from incredulity to horror. She quickly slammed the frame face down on the table, her eyes wide with shock. What did you just see? I nervously inquired. She said, I saw my own decomposing corpse looking back at me. Okay. She said... Kind of like in Lake Mungo. A lot like that. She said... And you know what is a black mirror? What? A phone? Yeah. A lake. Also. And your phone. Yeah. Well, that's like the show. Black Mirror is about phones and TVs and computers. Yeah. Um, But a lake is also... And a lake. Um, She said, that's a dark mirror. I should not have done that. I need to go say a prayer. Excuse me. Oh! I should not have done that! I need to go say a prayer. That is like the worst... Um, oh, I should not have done that. Oh, that's like the last thing you want to end up saying after like doing a spooky yeah. thing by accident. Anything. I should not have done that. That's like when we walked past the house, the haunted uh, mansion the other night, <laughs> and you said, like, I dare you to come get me to the demon dogs that live I'd there. like to see them try. I'd like to see them try. And then we walked away and you were like, oh, no. I should not have done that. <laughs> have also, you had any experiences a, since then? Not yet, but they're probably coming for me. Mm. I also, that's... My particular brand of anxiety is if I'm having a real bad episode, thinking about myself decomposing. Ooh, yeah, you have told yeah, me that before. It's really bad. Yeah, that's bad. You should not look in. Uh, you know, get rid now of that, that mirror, I've got my my meds figured out, sure, it doesn't happen as sure. much. No, I think from what I learned about scrying, it really is like you just need to be as like. You can't just willy-nilly decide to scry. You can't just look into it and be like, what do you got? You need to be, like, super on. Yeah. Or else, yeah, you're going to get whatever the fuck is coming at you. That's scary. I don't like it. Unchecked portal. It's an unbridled. Um, Yeah, it's a, yeah, you're right. There's no border. At another stop, one woman who proclaimed herself as a skeptic decided to give it a whirl. Moments later, she told us that she'd watched her mouth whisper to her, even though we could all vouch that her mouth had not moved. It's fucking crazy. That is so scary to me. Another man held the mirror at arm's length and stared deeply, only to stagger backwards and nearly drop it, yelling a string of profanities the whole time. Wow. He claimed he'd watched another person who looked exactly like himself peer around from behind his reflection and walk away. That's fucking crazy. So scary. That's fucking crazy. All of these are just like I, the scariest thing. The you can scariest think of. thing. Yeah. Maybe a doppelganger lives inside the scrying mirror. Like probably. Yeah. I mean, a doppelganger lives inside most mirrors. If you think about it. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I mean, when people sit shiva, they cover the mirrors. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of mirror lore, which I was going to go into more mirror stuff, but well, We also know much. that a lot of the time when someone died, mirrors were covered because... Their soul. The next person to see themselves oh, that's right. was yeah. going to die. Oof, tough. And it was the next of kin that had to cover them all. Oh, my God. Because at least it'd be in order then. Ooh, that's <laughs> so Fucked dark. up, right? Um, another woman vividly described the feeling and taste of her mouth filling with blood. Cool. 
Um, yeah. Well, someone else took the mirror to a quiet room to do her own experiment. Half an hour later, she returned her eyes wide, telling us how she'd watched people who weren't there mill around the empty room. Wow. Scary, but still better than watching your mouth whisper to you. Very brave of her, to be honest. Uh, Another man described watching his face distort as a twisted grin spread across his face. Also very scary. Um, And uh, that's like most of the... uh, the the accounts of that mirror because guess what Stephanie it's still on the road with them fuck I'm I can't be near it um I can go into a little bit more about mirrors if we want I mean people have been warned never to look into a mirror at night or by candlelight yes um because you're gonna see a demon I have right there a mirror with a candle in front of it that I routinely light that candle at night oof well, according to this website, even while asleep, it used to be thought best to cover your mirror as you could be vulnerable to attack from negative spirits and demons during the dark hours. I gotta naysay that one right away. You think so? They're gonna yeah. crawl out? Yeah. Like the I, don't, I don't believe that one. Uh, mirrors should be fre- frequently moved to different areas of the room so that they don't turn into a portal. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't really get that one. Wait, I do want to show you this fun image. Just and also the shadow of a witch. The shadow of a witch. That's um, fun. Because bah, 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 basically women were thought that if they looked into a mirror and did a certain little ritual that they would be able to see their future husband. Well, we, and Bloody Mary, it's all Bloody a lot Mary of for stuff, sure. right? Um, there is something inherently unsettling about something that reflects reality, yeah. right? right? Like, and you just like... Are supposed yeah. to trust it intrinsically. Yeah, or like this is an exact representation of yeah. what is before it. A, a scary movie thing of somebody moving and the mirror not moving or doing different really gets me. Um, shadow people are a common theme in mm-hmm. mirrors. Um, people say that they see them a lot standing within them and within the structure itself, uh, entering or leaving them. Uh, strange mists are sometimes seen within mirrors. Obviously faces... Um, let's see. You got, uh, haunted mirrors in hotels, friends, relatives. uh, Sorry, I don't know. I'm reading this weird list. (laughs) Uh, in the same way that people think a Ouija board can create a portal, they think that mirrors can. Interesting. Um, Which is interesting because they're everywhere. I think that much like a Ouija board, it's got to be in the way that you interact with the mirror. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I think that this is... Because if there's a board just, like, around, you never pay attention to it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Or you just use a mirror like you naturally would and never think about it any other way. This says, uh, negative spirits frequently come through portals. This is because uh, the astral layer closest to the physical plane is an area where negative energy and entities reside. When a window opens up, therefore, I guess, a mirror, mm-hmm. it's more likely for the energy to pass through first. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of strange kind of weird non-sequitur stuff on I this page. I think, like, so. especially with scrying mirrors, again, it's like it's intended to be a... A form of a, a, a portal or a oh a definitely medium. with scrying so, like, mirrors for yeah. certain something that's created in order to like connect to planes yeah. of existence yeah n- scary 
Did you know that the superstition of breaking a mirror, bringing seven years of bad luck, dates back to the Romans, who thought that life renewed itself every seven years? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Interesting, too, because as, like, women always tell me, my lady friends are always like, you know, your your cells completely regenerate every seven years. So your ex is, like, not part of you at all anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that really means, what I just said. But, you know, you get it. Um, Yeah, anyway... Oh, in the cerebr- I didn't mean to say that all culture. of my female friends talk like this. That's so bitchy of me. <laughs> but most of you do. <laughs> um, in Serbo-Croatian culture, a mirror was sometimes buried with the dead to prevent the spirit from wandering and keep evil from rising. Cool. That's and then, yeah, of course, Bloody Mary, which we have talked about on here. Oh, believe. yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Just, just a little bit. Oh, I have not looked at my scrying mirror yet. I don't. I, after reading this, I don't know if you should. Oh, wait. I've got a couple just really quick superstitions that are fun. If a mirror falls and breaks by itself, somebody in the house will die soon. No. Uh, someone seeing their reflection in a room where someone has recently died will die soon. No. Uh, actors believe it's bad luck to see their reflection while looking over the shoulder of another person. Is that true? No, not to me, but now it is. (laughs) Uh, No mirror should be hung so low that it cuts off the tallest household member's head, which is scary. Okay. I don't really understand the implications. Uh, A fun one, if a a new couple first catch sight of each other in a mirror, they will have a happy marriage. Interesting. To see Hmm. an image of her future husband, a girl was told to eat an apple while sitting in front of a mirror, then brush her hair. That's uh, Samhain. Remember how apples are a connection to the other world? I love it. And you can peel the apple. Yeah, throw it over. Throw it. And be like, mmm, it's an N. And eat the apple and be like, mmm, Ned. It's just an I. It's just an I because it's a worm. Um, if you feel sorrowful and troubled while at home with no one to talk to, stand before a mirror and gaze into your eyes. No, don't do that. I'm gonna say don't do that. No! Okay. You kidding me? That's I don't the number think one thing that. not to do. I don't think you should do Stare that. Stare into your anyway. eyes so you're like, at least I've got these eyes. Like, hello. That's an easy way to have, like, a dissociative fit. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, yeah, sorry that was a little scattered, but just a little mirror. It wasn't. That's really good. God, scrying is so scary to me. And I have a crystal ball, and sometimes I'll be like, hello, and then I get to spook, so I... Something about back a black show. mirror is very scary to me. Yeah. A crystal ball, at the very <sighs> least, I'm like... What I'm seeing isn't coming out of blackness. Yeah, it's not just like, I guess maybe it's intended to like arise from within it if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the idea of something appearing in a mirror, uh, like a dark, dark other world is is really, really scary. Especially one that I can see myself in, at least an outline of myself in, right? I don't like it. Yeah, unless your your reflection of yourself is looking at yourself and laughing at you. uh, So scary. A vampire can do scrying just fine. Oh, vampires would probably be incredible at scrying. Yeah. We should ask that vampire from OCI. Um, mm. Do mm. you have a tip for me? Yeah. I guess, like, hmm. I guess my tip is going to be, I feel like over the past, like, couple hundred years, probably a thousand years, humanity's gotten really weird about death. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my tip is, I, I I think we should start now going back the other direction on it yeah. and just having it be a very natural thing that there, everybody yeah. does. There are some, some really nice movements out there mm-hmm. in, that, in that spirit, like the Order of the Good Death. Yeah. 
Um, or yeah. even like, you know, if there's somebody in your life, oh man, I can't even really say this, but no. like if there's somebody, I guess like for me, what I will do is if I have like even an elderly relative mm-hmm. who's, who's like, you know, maybe going away for a bit, I'm not going to be like, not be around them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at least a lot of people I know, don't maybe just in my family, person. avoid dying people. Yeah. Yeah, don't avoid a dying person is what I will say. That's yeah. my tip. Please don't. Please don't avoid a dying don't. person. Don't do it. If you can. If you can, don't if do it. If you cannot avoid them, that'd be nice. Um, I guess mine would be don't, don't, um, well, don't hang a mirror so your head's cut off. True. Uh, don't look into a black mirror. Don't look into that specific and don't mirror. don't touch anything... That somebody is telling you is haunted, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, if it says, like, touch at your own wrist, this might be haunted, maybe just don't. Yeah, it's like the people that fucked with the Annabelle doll mm-hmm. and then died. Just don't do it. Don't do not it. Not worth it. Don't do it. It's not worth it, listener. It really isn't. At the end of the day. Oh, another tip, go to Six Flags. See tags. It's the time the of the year King for Six Flags. Flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to love it. No, it's you the time of the year. I don't know. You might, if you're that kind of person. Remember late compounds? Yeah, dude. Of course. Is it still open? Yeah. I feel like it was a death trap. No, they had that one. Oh, yeah, the wooden one. Where right? the worker was, like, trimming trees by it and got oh, that's decapitated. Right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of places, a lot of theme parks. Oof, we'll get into that another day. Listener, please email us. Ooh, I'm going to do a haunted theme park at some point. Please. Oh, my God, That's please. the best. Um, I know there's yeah. an abandoned... Uh, Wizard of Oz one and somewhere in Ohio. And Holy Land USA. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, listener, email us at that's the spirit podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Spirit Pod on Twitter and that's Spirit Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear from you. We, we, we love, love it you so much. We love you. And guess what? We'll see, we'll see you in hell. Bye. Bye.